All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Infinite Fringe right here on Aftermath Media and right here on, uh, of course, the infinitefringe.podbeam.com and on Apple Podcasts. I hope everybody is doing well. My name is Billy Ray Valentine, Billy the Kid. What's going on, man? It's, it's, been, it's been a week since I've spoken to you, since I've been in your ear holes, and I, and I want to know what it is you're feeling, what it is you're thinking about. Uh, so hit me up at theinfinitefringe at gmail.com. Let me know. What you want to hear, who you want to hear, all that other stuff. Today we have a guest with us today that came up uh, highly recommended uh, from from some uh, from somebody you guys know, <laughs> Mr. John Brissom. Of course, shouts to him. But um, I'm very excited to have this conversation today. A long time ago, somebody told me uh, to talk about uh, the Pilgrim Society, and to, full disclosure, I know next to nothing about the Pilgrim Society. You know, and eventually I was going to get to it, but um, it wasn't high on my list, almost like the CMP. You know, eventually I was going to get to it, but it wasn't high on my list until it was, you know, but uh, we're going to have a conversation today about the elite and all all of these uh, uh, think tanks that um, sit at the top and uh, manipulate our lives, create culture, the whole deal. You know what it is. Uh, Odd Man is here, ladies and gents. Uh, from uh, the odd cast of featuring the odd man out. So odd man out is here. What is going on, buddy? <laughs> tell, tell, you know, that, that's a pretty dope name, I think. Um, you know, I mean, we're all odd men, right? And women, right? you know, in, in yeah. what we do here, right? And, and the way we view the world, the way we look at certain things, it's a little bit different than most. You know, I like that. You know, I, I like that we, we are open you know, to other things, but we also got to be very careful that we don't create a bubble of, uh, of, of our own, right? That we're stuck in this bubble and we're shooting out ideas that we want to believe, right? And that we, and so we subscribe to these things as a result. So, we, you know, but still uh, it's, it's a, it's a good balance. It's a good thing. I think that we exist. We need to exist, uh, what it is that we do. And we're happy that you're here on your maiden voyage in uh, the murky waters of the infinite fringe, sir. What is going on? Introduce yourself to the people. Hey, man. I'm so excited to be here. I'm honored. Uh, I love John, and uh, I've been a fan of your show for a very long time, so this is just totally cool. Um, I run a podcast called The Oddcast featuring the odd men out, and I talk about all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I talk about the occult and secret societies, and I talk about 
I talk a lot about the New World Order and the different uh, factions involved with the New World Order. I talk about the Tavistock Institute mm. and, and psychological warfare. That's one of my favorite subjects. Uh, so Let's talk a little bit about that today. Yeah, absolutely. I like, I like psychological warfare. Not that I like it. I do not like it. But I like talking about it because I think it's important. I think it's one of the main things. You know, we have the technocracy that we really need to keep our eye on. Right. And, yeah. and then psychological warfare, I think, is right up there with that, in my opinion. But we should discuss some of that. But, you know, how did you yeah. get into this research? First off, like, I mean, it's not every day somebody wakes up and wants to look into the Tavistock Institute. You know <laughs> what's going on? Well, that's a good question. I've always been kind of an oddball about just it. My whole life, right. basically. But, uh, you know, it's kind of the typical, as far as getting into politics, it was kind of the typical story. I, I just started to kind of pay attention right before 9-11, mm -hmm. and then that hit, of course. And yeah. then I couldn't watch the news enough trying to understand what was going on and stuff like that. And so I was kind of your run-of-the-mill conservative there for a few years. And then uh, after I started to catch on that, hey, wait a minute, there it appeared to me that there wasn't that much difference at the top with the politics and the politicians. And I started kind of getting into um, these uh, different, uh, well, like the CFR, you know, that's kind of one of your typical, right. they, they pull in both the Democrats and Republicans. And that really interested me. I'm like, wait a minute, you know, maybe it is a big club like Carlin talked and about. you're not in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, uh, I think I discovered the uh, No Agenda podcast. You know, those guys have been rolling a long time. And so that kind of put me on the, the scent of uh, kind of looking into this stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I've been doing it ever since. I was blogging for a long time and nobody cared, you know. <laughs> and so maybe uh, a little over a year ago, I started this podcast and I've been lucky enough to be oh, on some shows and cool. talk with some really cool people. So Very cool, man. We're, we're, we're lucky to have you, man. You know, everybody... That does something in the community, right? We we need that. But we're lucky to have you, sir, to spread some info, you know. May not always be right, and that goes for all of us, right? But that's everybody right. knows that, right? Like uh we put out information and hope for the best. And it, it's a it's a you know, it, we coexist together, we we need each other. So we'll put out information and you can check us and be like, hey, that's wrong, or I don't think mm -hmm. that's right. And then we, you know, we grow from there, right? All of us. That's right. that's right. what we need to do. Um, regardless, uh, very cool. Right. So what are you thinking? Right. I want you to talk to me about the Pilgrim Society and, and, and break that down on a very basic level so people can understand and myself, because yeah. full disclosure, I, I don't know. Right. Besides right. besides the very surface. But you mentioned, you know, the, the Council on Foreign Relations. It's right yeah. here in Midtown in Manhattan. I used to pass it every day. It's a beautiful building. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, that's like the introductory phase for a lot of us. Right. Right, Everybody right. knows about the Council on Foreign Relations. Everybody yeah, knows yeah. about the Bilderberg Group. And everybody knows about Bohemian Grove. Like That's the right, thing, right? right. That, that, that's, yeah. that's the introductory phase. And then, then you move up a couple of levels and there's more stuff. You know, a lot of people stay stuck there for some reason and, and want to believe that these are the only uh, think tanks or societies that, that are, are, are running the world or, you know, the... Uh, Cecil Rhodes, you know, in the round table and all that other stuff. Stuff like that is out there. But stuff like the Pilgrim Society and the CMP and uh, the Heritage Foundation to a certain degree, which is becoming more mainstream now, people are knowing about it. Uh, but the CMP, no, or, or, or La Circale, which uh, Recluse and, and Brissom talk to me about often, or, you know, the, things like this, they're not out there. 
So it's right. good to, to shine a light on them for a little bit and see what's going on. So tell us a little bit about the Pilgrim Society, and then we'll expand to the rest of the web. Go ahead, man. Yeah, man. It, let me just say real quick, uh, in your intro there, you made a lot of sense, man, because I feel like I've been kind of looking into things for such a long time that I'm starting to go back through some of the things that I used to think about. And now I'm seeing that, well, maybe I was wanting to believe certain yeah. things, and I'm trying to <laughs> filter everything now that I'm a little bit older and wiser. So <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so I discovered them. Actually, how did I? Okay, I, I got a book here. Um, it's back behind me. It's called Killing the Planet. And it's basically about the whole Rhodes era, the round tables and stuff like that, and just the New World Order. But they mentioned the pilgrims in there. And I, I got the book like maybe a year and a half ago or something like that. And I thought it sounded interesting. And they had kind of an interesting logo, but I didn't think much about it until the last month or so. And I decided to start looking into it to see if there was anything more, because it only talks about, it maybe has four pages dedicated to them. So I found out that there is about three different guys who've really taken deep dives and spent a lot of time studying the Pilgrim Society and trying to unearth more documents about them. And so I don't want to pretend like I'm bringing anything really new to the table. I, I'm really uh, standing on their shoulders. So right. there's a guy named Charles Savoy, and he's a, a silver speculator. And I think he started doing this like in the early 2000s. So he's got numerous PDFs and information on the Pilgrim Society. Another guy, I think he's from Switzerland. His name's um, Joel Vanderagen, and uh, he's done an an incredible amount of uh, work looking into them. And then there's another guy called Michael McKibben, and he runs a, a website called Americans for Innovation. And so these guys just, oh, something's falling here. <laughs> My bad. It's, it's uh, an earthquake <laughs> over there. Something's going down. Right. You're good, brother. Go ahead. Right. Uh, but um, so anyway, these guys have really pulled a lot of information out about the, the Pilgrim Society. And so I'll just give a brief int introduction. Uh, they were formed out of the Rhodes Roundtables. They had that original Society of the Elect, which was like the major guys uh, from Cecil Rhodes' group. And uh, so as soon as he died, the year he died, 1902, they formed the Pilgrim Society. And it started in Britain, of course, and it was the upper echelons of all the British elite, the friends of um, Cecil Rhodes. And their the kind of the whitewashed motto of the whole thing is they started this group to foster the U.S. and British relations. But really, when you start to kind of take it apart, you realize quickly that it was to foster economic relations and create these networks uh, of banking and multinational corporations. And so they would have a an annual dinner every year, and they would invite all these different elites and heads of state and newspapermen and and. Uh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Uh, so in 1903, they started the second branch of the Pilgrims in New York City. Hmm. So it's somewhere there near you. I don't know exactly where the uh, the office is there, but... So it still exists here, huh? It still exists, yes. Yeah, I'm it up. And uh, in, they, they have a, a website that tells you basically nothing. It's it's called the Pilgrims... I think it's called the Pilgrims of Great Britain.org. Uh, and so it just barely has a little history, and that's about it. But um, from what these other guys have uncovered, it's a 501c3, 
And uh, one of the things that they did and they started doing early on is they invited uh, newspaper editors and columnists to become members. And the way they sold it to, to them in Britain was they told the American uh, press, they said, hey, look, if you join the society, you'll have a much easier way of getting in touch with the king and the queen and the and the royal family. And you can, you know, that's kind of the way they sold it. So mm-hmm. that went over great. A bunch of newspaper guys, uh, you know, joined the pilgrims. But other than that, it was uh, they, they uh, made it a tradition that every time there was a new ambassador to the United States, or on the other side, a new ambassador to Great Britain, their first speech would be at these Pilgrim Society dinners. And they would have humongous dinners. I mean, thousands of dollars even back then were spent on these dinners. Uh, they would have up to, at, at one point, they were having up to like a, a 1,500 people at these dinners. So, you know, it was very important people in banking and and heads of corporations and stuff like that. And uh, they just continued to do it ever since. And so I have a book here. It's called uh, Pilgrims of the United States. And uh, this is like one of their official books. I think it came out in 19, or excuse me, uh, 2003. Mm. And they did another one called Pilgrims of the of Great Britain in 2002. That one you can't hardly find for less than like two or $300, wow. which I'm not going to pay. This one, <laughs> You can find like for 20 bucks, right, right, right. but it has, you know, it has the list of all the members up to 2002 and 2003, uh, you know, but it's a whitewashed washed version. It's just like, basically we get together to foster these relationships. So, so it's a whitewashed well, version in your opinion. What's, what's the real, you know, I want to know what, what's the real. Well, talk, you give, see, me, give me a second. Uh, yeah, man. Just, just, I want to sure. get this out before I forget. Right. So, I just Absolutely. Googled the Pilgrim Society to find out where they are in New York. General, yep. general search, put Pilgrim Society NYC. And amongst the first three results, the third one says Donald Trump, Pilgrim Society operative. And I know this is just probably a sensational mm-hmm. headline, but I mean, what do you know about that? Is, that, is there anything to that? You know, I, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Yeah. There's so much information about these guys, that, yeah. and, but I'm definitely... You know, headed that way, <laughs> and I had seen that headline as well. Right, right, right. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me because, you know, these guys—they want these rich guys in their, you know, in the in this uh, in their in these club, right, right? Yeah, because you know that's basically why it was started. So, um, and you know, I think that they, because once you start looking at the documents and you you kind of uh, follow the uh, trail, you see these guys who were members all over different important events throughout the you know the history the modern history uh, especially the wars you know the wars the world war one and two mm. and korea and, and and you name it yeah of course the war on terror as well but um they they seem to be tied to like the marshall plan okay the uh general i forget his uh, first name but uh of course, his last name was Marshall, and they named it after him. And he was uh, one of the ones who uh, put that together. And basically, uh, from the documents that these guys have unearthed, that was more of a money laundering scheme than anything else. Mm. You know, uh, they had uh, kind of planned that out a couple of years ahead of time to put something together like that. Uh, but it's just amazing. It's almost like, um, 
you know, I had heard ever since I kind of got into conspiracies, you know, that America was really controlled by the crown. And, you know, we've all heard those conspiracies. I I never really put much faith in it. Mm -hmm. And I, I can say that I still don't exactly believe that's the case, but I do believe that the Brits have a lot more control, the the British government and the royal family and and the like, over policies. And another thing that's kind of interesting, you look at um, like something that's uh, relevant right now with the vaccines and the vaccine industry. And, you know, I won't say, you know, won't get into pro or con, but I'll just say that, uh, there's something called the Perbright Institute. Mm. And if you study the Perbright Institute, which was formed in the 80s, uh, Lord Perbright, who I believe was a Rothschild, uh, I believe actually he married a Rothschild. She passed away pretty young and he inherited her part of the fortune. And so the Perbright Institute is named after him. And what do they do? Well, they test for vaccines. They test animals to try to come up with, you know, vaccines. Mm. And, the Gates Foundation is heavily invested with the Purbright Institute and others. So it's just kind of interesting how things that started way back in the early 1900s kind of uh, coincide with things that are going on today. So uh, that's one of the more recent uh, things. But uh, Paul Volcker, who was a former uh, uh, Federal Reserve. The Fed, head, right? The Fed. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh, one of the uh, – Pilgrim Society directors. He mm. was one of the heads of the Pilgrim Society because they're like like the CFR. They always have a director for a certain amount of time. Right. And, uh, of course, uh, you look at Alan Greenspan, I believe, had been a Pilgrim Society member. And, I mean, it just reads like a who's who of, you know, the, the Federal Reserve. And they love to have presidents and vice presidents come to the dinners. Right. But, you know, there's no – exact proof that modern presidents and vice presidents have That's been true. members, but you can look back at like the, their whitewashed version and it has like Grover Cleveland, uh, William, William ha- Howard Taft. Uh, of course, uh, in the back of this book, I think, which it was created in 2003, Henry Kissinger is in the back. Hmm. So Henry Kissinger, of course, is a mainstay in all the. It seems all like he turns up in, He's in all, all of these, them, right? Like, yeah, and that's what I was about yeah. to tell you, right? There's so much. Uh, I don't know how do you, how do you, it, everybody's a member of all of them almost, right? Like if uh, right, you'll probably find I don't I don't know like uh, you know um, Donald Rumsfeld is a member of so many of these things, right? Or or a Dick Cheney, yeah. or whomever yeah. John Kerry, right? Like they're all like involved in in each of them. There's so yeah, much like yeah. like a bleed over. That's what I was looking at, like between all these societies, right? And um, every all of them have similar goals in mind, but they come at them from different angles, right? So I always mm-hmm. want, I always, I always thought about if they come at them from from different angles, like how come there are so many different, so many of the same people, so many of the same names continue to show up in all of these things, right? Yeah, like um. Yeah. Are these people just playing the game? Like they're just like, you know, I'll be associated with any society that's going to push me forward. Like, why is there so much bleed over in your uh, in your opinion? Well, and I say this on every podcast and I'm sure 
my fans and others are like, oh, no, he's going to say it again. Say but... it again. Say it again. Come on. <laughs> so one of the guys that I, I really find his books to yeah. be great, and he, he main, they, they're mainly about the globalists. Uh, his name is Dennis L. Cuddy, mm. and he has a saying that's uh, – he says that personnel is policy. So he says that a lot of these guys in these groups go to the same schools, the same – They do, huh? Uh, right, yeah. He, yeah, and the same um, secret societies or fraternities, and then they go on to be in the CFR or the Trilateral Commission, Bilderberg, and these other groups that we don't hear so much about. And so they have the same goals. And honestly, I, I can't prove it, but I would almost say that there's something to this globalism that's it's more than just economic. I think it's almost like a, a belief or a faith to bring about the 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 new Atlantis mm. as Manly P Hall talked about, yeah, uh, I think yeah. they really think that, uh, through the UN and through all these, uh, corporate backed NGOs, they're going to make some sort of global governance. And, and I don't honestly, I don't believe they think it's going to be a utopia for everyone, but I think that they are building it to make a utopia for themselves for and their future <laughs> generations. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, uh, they're not going to let us up there to the top of the pyramid. <laughs> They're going to push us off if we even get close, you know. So, <laughs> so that's what I would say about that. And it just allows them to continue to network and fund and bring money into the only the groups they choose and the businesses they choose. I feel like it's it's kind of like a it's a means of control, you know, because they kind of cover the whole. Like I was looking at. Um, you know, the CFR, which is directly related to the pilgrims, and, and uh, of course, some pilgrims, many pilgrims are CFR uh, you know, members. But you look at, uh, it's not just the CFR, if you look at their worldwide institutes here. I'm looking at, uh, of course, Chatham House in London was the first one, and then the council here. But you've got the Chicago Council on Foreign Relations, which is a local you know, council. Uh, the, you've got the Canadian Institute for International Affairs. Uh, South African Institute of International Affairs. There is literally 20, 25 different ones here all over the world. Even Russia saw one, uh, the Moscow State Institute of International Relations. Mm. You would, I wouldn't have even thought Russia would be playing around with these globalists, but you know what? They are. They are. Huh? Uh, you've got, uh, yeah, according to this, and you know, and they have also something called the Council of Councils, which is something that they do once a year to uh, they bring in all these other uh, of their institutes together to talk and, and kind of, uh, I don't know, take directions or see where things are headed. So it's really, I call it the spider with a thousand legs because it's like all these groups that are connected yeah. all over the world, even Russia, you know, they communicate together and they work together to benefit themselves and their cronies. And it's, it's kind of like a huge mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. I I, I, I tend to uh, agree with that worldview that everybody's involved to a certain degree, you know, and there's one goal in mind. At least that's the way it looks, you know? Like, so it's, it's uh, I, I tend to, to favor that argument, even though I'm open to, mm -hmm. I'm open to every other argument, you know, because we just don't know overall. But, right. Um, I, I want to, I want to circle back to something that you mentioned, which relates to this, right? Because, uh, it was, sure. it's the crown, the, the, the British crown. And, and, uh, you know, at, at one point they, 
ruled the world, right? At least, uh, right, right, whatever was considered, you know, the the developed world at that time, and and the, and even you know the not so developed world, they went down there and conquered so many people, like India. You know, still today, you see you see the remnants of that. You know, uh, Canada, the Queen is still on the money over there. You know what I mean? There's some type of power, right? Um, yeah. That that still exists. People think that the crown is more or less ceremonial. I I don't know how much I believe that. You know, I I, I don't know how yeah. much I but but what's the extent of their power? Also, I have no idea, right? And, and they talk right. about the three cities, right? I and, and I'm gonna get the th- oh no, it's Rome, right? It's uh New York, Britain, uh, or London. I'm sorry, and and Rome, right? Mm-hmm. That's the the three. Uh, what is it? Uh, heads of the Hydra you know, that they talk about, or, or, right. or, or, or is it DC? It might be DC. I'm not sure which one here in New York, but I but, think it is DC. Right. Yeah. Right. Might, I'm thinking it might be DC, but regardless, New York, DC, the swamp yeah. <laughs> here in the United right, States. Right. right. But, uh, but we talk about, right. Like I said, uh, the city of London and the city of Rome, Rome being the religious, uh, arm of it. Uh, and London being, uh, what is it? The, the pretty much the executive branch. And we're the military branch over here. At least that's the way I understand it from some of the research that's been done by uh, somebody like uh, Dean Henderson or, you know, people are people of that vein. Um, what do you think the British role is if if they don't wield the power that some say they do? What, what do you think uh, the crown exists for still? Because, I mean, they're celebrities, right? People love them. Right. People love them. And I never understood it. I can't relate because, you know, they work. I mean, they don't work there. They live for free lavishly on the backs of the people still to this day. So if it's ceremonial, why are you putting up with this? You know, personally, I mm-hmm. I don't get it. But anyway, go ahead. No, man, I, I totally agree with you. You know, I can't say for sure, but I do know that the royal family, they say that the queen owns more land than just about anyone. I know that... Uh, you know, we've seen that thing that Bill Gates owns more land than anyone here in the States. But uh, I'm seeing that uh, as far as in Europe, the queen owns more land than anyone. I've seen that several times. I haven't delved into it really deeply to find out all the nuances of it. But, uh, you know, they controlled uh, from some of what these researchers have pointed out, especially Charles Savoy. The crown was behind ending uh, silver and, and, and gold as a, a standard to back our currencies. And uh, of course that was a long time ago, but um, I feel like, I don't know that they necessarily control everything that goes on in the U S as far as policy, but I feel like that they've got so many different uh, uh, emissaries here. And also they're invested in so many things that they control a lot. And I think that they are, very, very wealthy. You know, I, I think they've they've worked with the, the Rothschilds, you know, for decades and decades. And um, a lot of people say, well, no, the Rothschilds are over the uh, royal family. But I, I don't think I believe that anymore. I, uh, the more I look into it, the, all the royal family have been these P- uh, Pilgrim Society members since its foundations. And, um, of course, we know how the, the, the royals, the, the males anyway, have I've been Freemasons, and and I I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I will say that most of the founding pilgrims were Freemasons from the Apollo uh, chapter of uh, the lodge there in Oxford, and Oxford 
plays a big role with the you know the CFR and the Pilgrim Society and all those guys. So there's something going on there, um, and also like with um, there was a couple of uh, ins- uh, not institutions but businesses. Serco is a British-owned business. And they control all kinds of stuff. Uh, I read the other day that Serco is one of the biggest uh, arms dealers, and I'd never even heard of them. Uh, there is a another group that's UK owned that's connected to the mm-hmm. Crown called Kinetic, and it's spelled with a Q, two Qs actually. It's Q I N E T I Q. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. You know, these guys uh, have government contracts with the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, big government contracts. And so and there's also something to do with the Queen's Privy Council, which is this elite council of guys. And they always end up having you know, something to do with foreign policy. Um, and like uh, even way back in the day before the Pilgrims. Uh, I, I read that uh, Cecil Rhodes was on the Privy Council, and so when they sent him over to uh, Africa to mine the gold and diamonds, he was funded by the Queen, mm-hmm. the Crown, and also he was funded by the uh, East India Company, which was owned by the, the Brits and the Crown, and you know they were responsible for uh, hooking China on heroin, on oh, opium, right. and in India as well, so that's how they made their money, so... Uh, it's pretty much any place you want to go. It seems like that uh, these uh, elite Brits are connected to just about every industry that's that's thriving over here. Right, 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 man. Um, what I want to do now is, and because we can go on and on about these societies yeah. all day long. Yeah, yeah. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll bring you back and have uh, an exclusive show on some of that, just on, on sure. the societies in general. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk to you about psychological warfare because you mentioned it at the top. And uh, I, I definitely want to touch on that. So let's do that. Yeah. What's your view on it, right? Um, I think personally it's been it's it's been happening to us. It's been it's been conducted upon us for a long time now. I yeah. think I think they've stepped up um, of the way they do these things at this point, and they still have us running around uh, trying to decipher the brick and mortar. When they've been, mm. uh, they've been, uh, you know, just living in your brain for a long time now. And I think after 2016, quite frankly, it went, you know, straight full on, full speed ahead, almost not even denying it. But most people are in so much, uh, in, uh, they're so mind controlled, me included, that um, we don't even notice it. You know, that, that's, yeah. that's really where I stand right now, you know, mm. on a lot of it. But I, I want to know what you're thinking and, and, uh, how you feel about what I just said? Again, feel free to disagree with me if you do. Um, but I, I think they've they've uh, put their pedal to the metal with this, man. I, I think the genie's out of the bottle, and I think we have a lot of problems that we need to face. Quite frankly, mm. go ahead, sir. No, I, absolutely, man. You said I heard you on. Uh, I think it was a show with uh, John a while back, and I just wanted to. I, I had this stuck in my head because it was such a great line, man. You said that we've already. Uh, we have martial law in the, in our minds. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I may be something. I, may to that be, I didn't say that exactly right, correct, right, right. but that's perfect because it really is. We we uh, accept things and we kind of um, even if we like you said, even if we don't uh, realize it, basically we are accepting some of these things and we are kind of 
succumbing to at least some of the propaganda. And I think it's at every level, you know, it's in every form of entertainment. It's of course in the news. Um, so we're faced with it, inundated with it every day. And, um, you know, as far as like, I'm almost to the point where I think that, um, I almost think that that we just have a president now to keep the people divided. I think I've been calling the presidents dividers and chiefs right. because, you know, it, it's always like this. One side's, you know, you've, you've only got two allowable opinions or you can only right. have, you know, Democrat, Republican. Yeah. And and uh, so one side's going to hate the guy and one side's going to love the guy. One side's going to hate him no matter what. One side's going to like worship him practically no matter what. So it's like. It keeps the people divided. And, uh, you know, I know that, like the Brits, they have the prime minister and uh, other people have the prime minister, but it doesn't he doesn't seem to be quite like the American president. It seems to be that dividing divisive figure. And so I feel like that's one way they keep the people divided. And I feel like they come up with these. I don't know, maybe manufactured outrages like the Mr. Potato Head and these things like that every couple of weeks. <laughs> and I feel like it's to keep people fighting. Yeah. And I, I feel like it, they've taken so much away from us that they keep putting out these trivial things to keep us fighting. So we won't realize how much they've taken away from us. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Continue. Yeah. And I just feel like, um, you know, they, they know that if they, they, they keep us distracted, we won't figure out, the big picture and the big picture, of course, like we said before, is it's one big club and we ain't in it. Yeah. And so I feel like the, the great reset um, is it's kind of interesting because, you know, I think I feel like it's more than just the economic thing. But I do feel, of course, it's economic. It's you know, they're centralizing power. They're consolidating power. And, and so I feel like they're trying to create this 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 global governance and I feel like um, they're trying to make us more comfortable with it by giving us the stimulus money, which I realize that people are hurting and I don't uh, begrudge them by t to take that at all. Yeah. But I just feel like uh, they are um, I feel like they are getting us ready to have mm -hmm. a universal basic income. And I feel like a lot of people are excited about that. But I also feel like they don't realize that I feel like we're getting it. We'll get that but we won't be allowed to right. speak out. It's going to come with a lot of strings attached. Yeah. Cause it yeah. sounds great. A universal basic, but, but even if right, th there's a cap on what you're going to be able to do with a universal basic income. So do you really want that? Right. You don't want that yeah. cap. You want, you want to do what you want to do. Right. I, yeah. I, I mean, I understand, I understand it to a certain degree. I mean, right. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at things and the way they're going, like Andrew Yang, um, I think he said it best. I, I, I don't agree with a lot of what Andrew, Andrew Yang says, but I, I think he said it best when he goes, we're not going to have jobs, mm. you know, like the robots yeah. are taking over, you know, like right. what's going to happen to all of these people. We need yeah. to give them something. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, when we start taking stuff from the government, we also have to abide by exactly to the letter what it is they want from us. So it's further yeah. enslavement here. We have to figure yeah. out a way to push back on the technocracy and, and keep, the, keep the balance, keep the line alive, mm -hmm. right? Of, uh, of, uh, of, of the balance of power needs to be 
you know, balanced. You know, it, it needs, they, we, need to, we need to have a balance between the technocracy and humanity. And right now, yeah. it's just tech, 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 completely ignoring humanity, but that's what they want. They call us use, useless eaters, right, some of these people. Right. So what's going to happen to us, right? And, and, and we accept the universal basic income. It's going to be demonized at one point. But like, oh, mm-hmm. you're one of those. It's going to be like it's welfare. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what you are. You're, you know, and um, it's going to cause problems inevitably. I think people are going to eventually revolt, push back on some of this stuff. But I think it's an inevitability, brother. I don't know. You tell mm-hmm. me. Go ahead. No, no, I agree, man. I, and, you know, I, I've been saying for a while with a lot of these tech companies just because you can, does that mean you should? Of course, that's just my opinion. That doesn't, you know, that's not going to change what they're doing. But uh, a lot of these, you know, things are coming up with, they know it's going to kill thousands and thousands of jobs, but these corporations know that it's going to be cheaper for them to have machines do it than people do it. And, uh, you know, I was when I was doing my shows, uh, like probably almost a year ago on the Tavistock Institute, I ran into... Um, one of the uh, social scientists that worked with the Tavistock Institute, and he was talking about in the 60s how the future was going to be, uh, I don't think he called it public-private partnerships, but it was it was something very similar. So I think that I would just uh, tell people to understand that the these big multinational corporations are coming together with their government, and they're talking about you know, we're public-private partnerships are going to be the way they fix all these different problems. So I, I feel like we're coming into a, a time where we're going to have. They're not going to call it fascism, but it's going to be a a soft fascism. You know, they're going to try to make us comfortable as long as we obey. You know, and I feel like we're moving towards that a form of the Chinese social credit score system yeah, even yeah. though our, our government complains about china i feel like they're becoming more and more like that their government you okay. know okay. so i feel like we need to i think they complain it, on the surface about a lot of this stuff yeah exactly you know, it's not it's not a real thing it's just to keep us you know uh on our toes china's the enemy or yeah. iran is the enemy or russia mm. is the enemy they'll just give you create an enemy for you to fear you know, in, oh, yeah. in reality is, is is what they do. You said something it was in my head and I, I really want to touch on it here, but it's gone at the moment. I hate it when that happens, odd man, <laughs> but it'll come back and, and, and we'll yeah. talk about it. Regardless, this is, um, I, I want to know what you're thinking about things like, uh, like Cambridge, Cambridge Analytica, which is, is my, my favorite thing to talk about now because it's really what turned me on to everything that's happening and it's provable. It's mm-hmm. not something we can, yeah. we can speculate about. It's provable that they've done this. At least they've admitted to doing yeah. this. It could all be part of the work, you know, but, um, but I yeah. want to know what you think about that. And now I remember what I was going to say. Um, not only, right, do they want to keep us divided, but they've figured out a way to, while we're divided within the two-party system, we still subscribe to the two-party system. So it's <laughs> genius, right? Like we, we, we right. are hating yeah. each other and divided but we still all agree that we want to be, or at least that this system works and that the people that represent both sides have their best interest at heart. And the other side is so evil that we have to do this. We have to vote for these not so perfect people because that's all we have, right? Or it's better than the alternative, right? So that's what they've managed to do. I wanted to bring that up. What's your thought? What are your thoughts on that, man? 
Yeah, totally, man. Uh, absolutely. And, and they, they know they've got most people because most people are not, you know, deep researchers. They're not going to look into things too deeply. And so they know they can play on their emotions and this tribalism with the two party system is perfect for that. And, you know, people are always looking at the opposition to see what they're doing, but they never look behind them at their party. And I feel like our own parties screw us over even worse than the opposition a lot of times because, you know, we're not paying attention to <laughs> right, that. Right, you know? right, yeah. Because if you look back through all the different presidential administrations, you see how every presidential administration, a lot of bad things happened that were not good for that president's party. And it's like, you know, and it wasn't all the opposition's fault, you know, because, uh, you know, the president's passed legislation sometimes and and so do the uh, the opposition party that's that hurts their own people. So it's like, you know, it, they know that they've got us and they know that we're it, it's pretty easy for them because of the emotions. You know, we the emotions are just running wild and they know since you only have two options, you're going to go for your party no matter what. And you're not going to hold your party accountable and the thing and the parties just keep getting more and more corrupt with time, I think. So, you know, they they've got us. They've got us by the balls. Man, they figured it out, man. They really <laughs> did. They really did. And, and and this is why I stopped to think about what's going on. And I, I'm so passionate about it, Odd Man, because I'm like, man, they they figured uh, it's not that they figured it out. They've known this for a long time. I finally figured out that they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I finally came to the conclusion. I'm like, oh my God, right? Like the yeah, veil was lifted yeah. just a little bit and I got to see a little <laughs> bit of the other side and I'm like, whoa, um, they, they may really have us here. Um, but there, I mean, there's still hope. I don't want, I don't want anybody to think that there's not hope. There's a lot of people that don't want to hear uh, this type of info because they're like, oh, you're a fear monger and all that other stuff. I, I don't see it that way. I'm like, this is what we're facing. We need to look that in the eye and take it on. You know, head on and figure it out if we, we can ignore it all we want. Ignoring it is not going to make it go away. You know, so yeah. th there's a certain a certain degree of, of, of uh, realizations that we have to make for ourselves. But anyway, let me get off of that. We only have a little bit no. of time left. I want you to talk to me about Cambridge if you so choose. How do you feel about yeah. that? Let me know. Matt, you know, uh, it doesn't surprise me one bit because, you know, like I said, I was going back to the Tavistock Institute and they were trying to figure out how to control people back then and you're i'm right. sure that you're right so so technology is the perfect perfect tool for them to learn how to control us and I, I tell people you know they learned how to control us as soon as we started doing social media because they can see how we react to any headline and they know how we we're going to react before you know before the propaganda is put out if it is propaganda they know exactly how each person from each party or each subgroup probably is going to react to that that headline or that news so they know how to control us i mean it's just and we've given them the tools for the most part i think to be able to control us oh yeah Does we've it, handed over any everything all our information and we've we've gone through this here on the fringe but yeah there's no i mean i don't look at it as beating a dead horse i'm look, i look at it as hey this is what we're doing. We're still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're giving yeah. all our information over to these people. And these yeah. people know us better than we know ourselves. And we don't know them. We have no yes. idea. We have no idea what's going on. You know, and, and, and this is me included. You know, like I'm over here, like in, in the dark. I'm, I'm literally blind and psychologically blind as hell because I, I'm just now figuring this out. 
that that they're leading us around like with a carrot. They put a carrot. Like, you know, you've seen those cartoons with the carrot in front of the bunny or whatever, or in front of the the donkey yeah. to get them to move. It's exactly what they're doing to us, man. That's exactly. Oh, yeah. And and I'm afraid. Um, like I said before, that the genie's out of the bottle at this point. How how do we get it back, right? I mean, yeah. Let's let, let's and not to say that you and I or anybody else have have the solutions, but how do we break out of this? Do you have any any thoughts on that? Like, I don't know. There's no right or wrong here. We're spitballing yeah, yeah. to try to figure right. out how we can break out of this. Maybe give them a little less. You know, mm-hmm. try not to give them so much information about you. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. anyway, go ahead. I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Go ahead. No, that's great. Uh, that's great advice, man. Stop giving them personal information. Uh, you know, maybe, I mean, if, and it's hard for people like you and me to be completely off of social media because we're trying to get our shows out there because right, we're right, right. under censorship constantly. Yeah. But, you know, if you don't have to have a social media, don't have one, yeah. you know, or, or don't click on the likes. Don't, don't react to the, 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 the headlines. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. react to it at all. And that way they don't know how you feel about things and they can't base their, their studies on you. Uh, and I, I would just put as, as the least amount of personal info I, I could That's on social good, media, if I were people out there. Right, right, right. And, uh, other than that, man, I've just been kind of telling people as, as cheesy as it sounds, it's kind of a coming cliche, but Try to do things more locally, mm. uh, you know, try to take things, maybe make your do something that will benefit your neighborhood or your, you know, your the place you live and and, and, and try to do something that's more based because like like we can't make these huge uh, changes nationally. There's just no way, probably not even as far as our states, but locally, we might still be able to make some small changes and uh, maybe even get involved in local politics. I think that you can still do a little bit there, but, uh, just love your people, <laughs> love your people <laughs> yeah. because, you know, I think that's the most important anyway. Right. And when it comes down to it and, uh, kind of get back to basics, uh, because our, you know, our forefathers and foremothers, they lived on much less than what we have now. Absolutely. And they, they were, you know, they were happy, happy and they didn't have all these different distractions and these ridiculous expectations. Yeah. So I think that if we can just kind of uh, get ourselves out of the bubble and uh, and maybe not uh, even tune into the news for a while and kind of just take ourselves out of the situation and kind of decide what's really important. I think that that's one way we can make make a difference. Right, right, right. No, absolutely. I think that's all sound advice. One thing that you said that I actually do or I try to do. Um, is um, give them as less as possible. You know, like I, I, I'm on Twitter, but I rarely tweet. Rarely. Mm. I do. But when I tweet out, I tweet out things that I don't care if they know or not, you know? Um, yeah. Or, or things that relate to the show, you know? Um, or pro wrestling, because I'm into that. You know, or, or stuff That's, like that. Who, well, do got, who do you got? It's an old Ric Flair shirt. Oh, look at that. I see it. I see it. My vision's really bad, but dope. That's okay, man. I, I see it now. Ric Flair, 16-time world champion. Woo! Space Mountain, baby. Um, <laughs> I love I love the nature boy, bro. Um, I think oh, everybody yeah. does. You're a wrestling fan. Oh, yeah. I, I used to watch it. I mean, I, I've seen Rick and uh, the, I, mean, I go back to like when the horsemen were still together dope, and all dope. that stuff. They would 
they come through here and yeah that's yeah. fantastic old school we'll bring we'll bring you on to the <laughs> wrestling show at some point you can talk about talk, yeah. talk about the old school the new school not very good i mean excellent excellent talent but as far as the product yeah. the product isn't very good um no right. no knock on the talent the talent's next level um but yeah, yeah the yeah. nature but i mean that i think that was the golden era of professional wrestling the the horseman yeah. you know uh, hulk hogan the macho man uh, I was a big yeah. WWF guy. I didn't have right. NWA, WCW till till later on. You know, Sting, yeah. uh, Nikita Koloff, um, the Great Muda was over there. I used to, I used to love all that stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I still do. I'm still a, a big fan. But anyway, um, damn, I don't even know how we got into that. We're talking about <laughs> professional wrestling. Regardless of that, dude. Um, ultimately, we we have to give them less. That's how we got. It. We have mm-hmm. to give them as yes. less as possible, and and not put everything out there about you let, let me tell you a quick story before we sign off sure i i um over the lockdown when the lockdown was happening there were there were a lot of uh you know ways to entertain people while they were at home and they came up with these uh battles it's called verses with different artists you know on uh, on uh on instagram and i never had an instagram never cared for it but they came up with the rizza from the wu-tang clan versus dj Premier. And I was like, there's no way I'm missing this, right? And I, I, I tune in to go watch it, and I can't. I have to sign up for Instagram. So now I have Instagram, right? I have, like, I don't know, nine pictures up there of, of nonsense. There's nothing really, you know? Um, yeah. But um, I got to see the battle, right? But sometimes when I log on and I scroll on, I'm, I'm searching for something to buy on the internet, completely disassociated with Instagram. Hmm. But boom, they will show up there. Like I like yeah. to shop at Express. Boom, Express shows up, you know, uh, or or Nike. There goes Nike all of a sudden. Wasn't there before, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I start yeah. looking for for products to to give myself haircuts during the lockdown. All these razors show up, yeah. <laughs> you know. And and sometimes I'm wondering because I, I'm I don't even type it up, you know. Yeah, I'll say yeah. it. You know, so maybe my phone yes. is, is, is listening to me. I mean, I guess maybe, you know, like I'll say it and then it records it and boom, there it is. Like I, that's where we live. That's the reality of where we live right now. Twilight yeah. Zone, Black Mirror, next level sort of stuff, you know, and um, we need to be conscious of that because otherwise we're going to be manipulated all day long. And I realize how difficult it is. I'm fully aware of it. Um, but that's literally the struggle. So we can go listen to people who are going to give you the happy news 24 seven, or you can listen to the real and then try to make it happy. Right. Try, try to make yeah. it real. Try, try to, try to be happy and, and, uh, and find that line, find that balance that works for you and works for everybody else. Odd man, closing thoughts. What do you got, man, before we get out of here? Well, man, I appreciate you having me on. This has been great. Um, so I'd just say if uh, anybody wants to get in touch with me, the best place is probably uh, Twitter or uh, Instagram. It's underscore the odd man out. Mm. And uh, you can find my show, The Oddcast, featuring The Odd Man Out on alternate current radio and pretty much most of the main platforms. So check me out, man. I appreciate it. Go find the guy, ladies and gents. He's doing his thing. The Odd Man Out is here with us on the Infinite Fringe. He'll be here um, a, a few more times. I can guarantee it, as long as he's willing to do it, right? And uh, and maybe he'll go uh, check us over at uh, Live from the Kill Shed with the man, John Brissom. Uh, that would be fun. And, uh, you know, you know where to find us. Aftermath Media, what is going on? How's everybody doing? 
want to say what's up to all of you. Thank you for all the support you've shown me. And thank you for everyone that listens over there and everybody that follows the fringe over there. Yo, keep following me. I, I love it. I love when I see people, you know, follow the infinite fringe group. I follow you back, you know, um, as Billy Ray, not as the infinite fringe. Cause I just don't know how to do that yet, but I follow you back over there. Uh, I, I'm very happy that, that people are listening. So thank you very much. Thank you. Um, that's it. We're going to ride out into the sunset. The odd man at BRV. We're out of here, man. We're going to go, uh, you know, um, do something locally. And uh, not not tune into Twitter for a while. <laughs> I don't. We're gonna try to figure it out. Anyway, guys, take it easy. God bless you. All right. It's it's been a pleasure as usual. Odd man, you killed it. Thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Uh, hang on. Don't hang up. Okay. Take it easy. Now. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, man.